Hello. Welcome back. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back. This is episode eight of Roundtable Radio. Um, unfortunately, last week we took a week off, but yes. we are back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we are back in the studio. Um, thank you guys for ignoring the last episode since like none of you listened to it. But um, we are back with a new episode. And um, just, no, I don't know if I want to do that. I'm not going to say that. Um, I was going to say something, though. Yeah, well, I did have a little a little rant to say on this. Let me just say it. I might say as well it, say, it. say it. Um a lot of you our our um episode with the Elevation Church got a lot of um of you talking. And I just want to say this. I just want to say this very generally. I'm not I just want to say this. Just because I don't agree with you on something on something like this, like the Elevation thing, don't mistake that for me not knowing what I believe. That's all that I'm gonna say. That don't worry about it. That's all that I'm gonna say. Don't mistake me disagreeing with you on something like this as me not knowing what I believe. Don't make that mistake. But anyway, I'm not gonna. I'll. We'll talk after. We'll talk after the mic is off. <laughs> um. So we have a couple topics today. Um. But really quickly, we Zach and I wanted to talk about the Justin Timberlake concert that we went to on Wednesday. Woo-woo! It was everything and more justin timberlake performed for like 19 hours with a 300 piece band it was amazing it was uh look i'm not even like into justin timberlake like that like i think he's a great artist and i think he's one of the best of his generation but i can't say i listen to all of his music like every day but the performance was phenomenal the band was everything the stage the lights everything oh was down to the t the, the concert was essentially perfect i don't know of any other way to say it and like that's just that's coming from someone that's really unbiased. I, I know his music, but I don't, I'm not like the biggest fan. But he was performance was great. I don't really have much else to say. That stage alone, Justin Timberlake rode a piece of his stage around the arena. Like it got up and moved, and he was on it. His band is so phenomenal. His band was dancing. Like his band had choreography. That big black guy that sings with him was doing was spins. Ruben? I don't know, but the big guy was doing spins. They covered Poison. They did Human Nature. They did an Elvis song. He, oh my gosh, he performed, the man literally performed That's three it. hours and gave us an intermission, a 10 minute intermission. It was like, what, it was amazing. I, yeah, we the just, stage looked like that. The that stage is. is, no, that's that's his stage from um, the Legends of Summer Tour that he did with Jay-Z. But this stage was, it was just, that's the best stage I've ever seen with my own eyes, honestly. And I, I'm really into staging. I don't know what it is about it, but it just, that whole thing fascinates me. This is the best staging that I've ever seen. And it, it was just huge. The like you could tell this man put a lot of work in and he just he performed his behind off for three hours. It was amazing. I went I sat next to Maddie. Uh shout out to Maddie. She was on the show before you guys probably remember her. And we stood up the whole entire time. Some of the people in our section were kind of losers and they just sat down. But it was just an amazing concert. I will say everything about that show was great. They definitely definitely showed a lot of effort and a lot of uh a lot went into that performance. It wasn't something you can just throw together. Everything down to the T. Every single song, there was choreographed dancing. Everything was almost down to a science. It was executed perfectly. So uh, shout out to Justin Timberlake on that. If you guys want a chance to see it again, apparently he's coming on tour he's again to next summer. He's going to be in Charlotte. So uh, for all you here in Raleigh, go to Charlotte. Everyone that's in Charlotte, stay in Charlotte. I think it's July 20, somewhere in July, July 12th. Um, Saturday night, Charlotte, go check it out. 
Carter's probably going again. If I can make my way to Charlotte, I might go again. I'll buy tickets off StubHub. It was, it was that good. It was that good. Just throwing that out there, guys. I yelled so loud when he went into human nature. Like, the people in my section were like, what is wrong with him? It was kind of embarrassing, but it, that, it was just a really good um, concert. So now we're going to start the show. Our first topic. Um, this is not really a topic. We just want to touch on it. But um, apparently Nelson Mandela is, quote, unquote, quite ill. I I don't Okay. Nelson Mandela's 95. He's you guys should know he's a I'm South he's a former president of South Africa. Uh, huh? Keep <laughs> he's been sick for a long time. That I mean 3 years. Not 3 years. 30. First of all, the man's 95. He's 95. I don't care like your body starts going down. Like, you start to die at a certain age. They should be He's more prepared at this point. Yeah, it seems like his his family is just, like, doing anything they can to keep him up. Apparently, he's not talking or anything. It says he his the tubes that are keeping his lungs clear of fluid. Like he is, yeah, he can't speak because he has tubes trying to keep his lungs. I, I really – I'm not an advocate for euthanasia, but I just just let him – let it do what it do, basically. Like, what about the youth in Asia? No, I didn't say to kill him. I said let his body, like, take him off these machines and kind of let him go. Yeah, like, I'm sure if he could talk, he'd probably be like, why am I still here? And do you guys have anything? I mean, I just don't know. What are they keeping him here for? Like, I understand Nelson Mandela. I applaud Nelson Mandela. Everything about the man is great. He's, he's, he's a legendary figure in history. Like, I don't. We understand that, but at the same time, like, he's not immortal. Like, the guy, he has bodily limitations. He has physical limitations. He can't just sit we're there forever. Like, saying that we're trying to tell him to die. I just can't. No comment. He, Nelson Mandela must have some papers that he forgot to sign over, because this makes no sense. I mean, I I literally, no, like, honestly, I'm not even trying to be funny. I thought he was going to die in July, because I remember um, – I don't know what it was fourth of july actually and we were fourth of july and i'd come we came to rally my family and that was around the time that he had been apparently like real ill before and i really thought that he wasn't gonna make it like out of july but here we are halfway through november and he's still he's still rocking so prayers go out to him i just at this point i hope he's comfortable um our next topic this is kind of bizarre we had just we like just came across this story before we started recording so Sorry. zach would you like to it's coming straight out of monroe union county y'all we got a news story here from uh, union county home of the carter murphy as well as some of our other friends here at nc state um a lot of them from charlotte well this story just broke like literally today i think it was a couple hours ago the title is boy found with dead chicken around neck parents jailed I really don't even know. Okay, let me give you the background. A uh, social services supervisor and a nurse, um, a couple, those were the couple, and they had a foster home where they currently adopted four kids, and there was a fifth that were fostering at the moment. Um, apparently, neighbors or somebody found that there was a child handcuffed to the front porch with a dead chicken hanging around its neck, or the, his neck, in cold temperatures. Uh, police came to the scene, apparently, and then the, some kid let the dogs out on the police or something like that. I don't the, – the dogs were chasing the sheriff. There was a big fiasco. But ultimately, the, both the parents ended up in jail, have every right to be in jail, especially after the kid is handcuffed to the porch. What, 
Like, what do you guys? What do you guys even say to this? Did you talk about the fact that he's a social services? Oh yes, yes. The man. His wife's a nurse. The man is a social services supervisor, and his wife's a nurse. Like, oh, and they were highly respected in their profession. Just throwing that out there. What are your thoughts on this, Kent? Um. Well, they're both facing abuse charges, and they're going to court tomorrow. And they have five kids they adopted. One of the kids. Five kids. Opened the door and let the dogs out on the deputies. So more deputies came back. They were both well respected in their professions. We just said that. And their Larson is the husband, and he's a supervisor with the Union County Department of Social Services. So he did something to get all these kids in the first place. I don't know. Yeah, this don't sound too right. It clearly there were something was wrong before. I think he he probably did pull some strings to get all these kids. I don't know why they got all these kids. That's a little. This is clearly abuse. Yeah, something seems a little off about that to me. Um, sorry. Something seems a little off about that to me. And then the fact that when the police came to check everything out, one of the kids apparently let these dogs out on the police. Like, what's going Something's going on with the, Like, I'm, I'm really... Trying inter- to train, train their kids. Yeah, like, something... Like, they're, the kids were real, apparently, protective. I mean, that happens a lot with kids who are abused. They're kind of protective of their abusers. So they probably don't think anything's wrong, but... It just the whole situation situation seems kind of shady to me. I mean, the man's a social services supervisor, so I'm I'm looking forward to finding out in the coming days, like how did this man, as part of the social services, end up with these kids and yet was still not able to to care for them properly and able to support them. Um, I want to know if maybe he you know signed off some documents for himself to to have these kids that he shouldn't have. So at the end of this, all the children were taken into custody by a social services department from another ca- another county. Both parents are charged with intentional child abuse, inflicting serious injury, false imprisonment, and cruelty to animals. Yeah. I'm just thankful. Before, it's, I'm, I think mo- the other kids were adopted. This one that was outside was a foster child. Yeah, I'm just and then the, the Larson was also charged with willful failure to discharge her duty as a public official. Let's just be glad that the children were taken by social services from a different county because clearly Union County, just they just don't have it together right now with their social services department. Or this man's not doing his job right. No, I don't know. He's doing more than his job. He's, he's, he's going outside of his bounds. I, I'm not going to put any blame on any one person individually Who's yet. oversighting this? Well, the thing is, the man's a supervisor, so I don't know if he's one of the highest or if there's people he's in the middle somewhere. I don't really know but the people love to abuse power the point is he shouldn't have these kids if he's not able to support them and care for them in a proper home there has to be some kind of checks from other people there has to be something going on i'm just we're going to follow up on this probably next week guys to see what kind of happened but i just want to know like how did this how did this man end up with these kids without somebody else knowing or somebody stepping in between somewhere what is with foster parents and this whole thing of like taking in kids to abuse them i don't like this whole thing just doesn't make sense like Clearly, you probably don't like kids, so I don't. I understand there's clearly some mental illness going on because you can't be like in your right mind and do this kind of thing. But like, I don't. The whole thing just seems very bizarre to me. I don't. Maybe he skipped out. He got them to bypass the background checks. Like something just don't seem right, especially considering the fact that he's a social services worker. So um, <laughs> the neighbor said, Gene Wallace said, makes you wonder what our county officials do in their spare right. time. Yup. Yup. <laughs> Uh, she also described the family as reclusive and said they yeah, kept a variety of animals: pigs, donkeys, llama, and a, the whole guat. It looks like the house is out in the middle of the woods. Um, in all seriousness, our heart goes out to these kids. We hope that they're safe wherever they are now, and who's taking care of them. Uh, we wish them the best of luck when, with whoever their new um, 
extended family is who they plan to be living with. Um, we <laughs> hope that you know all the facts come out and that we can see what really happened. But we'll, we'll follow up with this story in the coming weeks, guys. Just to let you know what kind of happened or just what's going on in Union County. Well, um, that brings us to our last topic slash discussion topic. We're going to kind of set this up like how we had the um, that infamous gun debate thing. <laughs> so um, we're going to, if you remember, it wasn't, was it last week that we talked about Richie Incognito? Yeah. Well, not last two week. Ago, yeah. Two weeks ago, the last episode, um, where we gave our thoughts on Jonathan Martin and the Richie Incognito thing. And we all said that Richie Incognito sounded, that was the Sunday. That was that Sunday that week. And we said that Richie Incognito sounded guilty when he came out on Twitter blasting everyone. And lo and behold, the very next day, just like Pandora's box just busted wide open. And ever since then, it's just been like a just like a whole mess of just like these new allegations and voicemails have come out. People have been doing interviews. Nobody knows what's happening. John, um, just a quick update. As of Friday, Jonathan Martin met with the NFL investigators for more than seven hours. So I guess they're what? trying. Yeah, I guess they're trying to get things together. And Richie Incognito filed grievances against the Dolphins to lift indefinite suspension. I'm, I'm He's done. No, they're probably going to let him come back. I think they kind of just... Come back. I think they'll both come back. Yeah, they're both going to come back. I think it was just like a thing, like they kind of rushed to act, like to show everybody, to show them. They had, they basically had to do that. They couldn't let him stay on the team. You know, kind of show everybody, hey, we're handling this. During the way. investigation. Or we're, quote unquote, handling it. So they, I think they dropped him for that reason. But um, I believe it was last week, Richie Incognito did a interview with... Um, Jay Glazer, and the whole thing sounds scripted yeah, by a lawyer. Well, of course he was. He was. I'm not. Of course, I. I would bet that he was coached by someone on what to say, but the whole thing, the whole, the whole situation sounds kind of fishy. Incognitos. Um, he basically said that they had had this running um, prank where they would sit down, or where Richie would sit. Not Richie. Jonathan Martin would sit down at the table, and they'd all get up and leave him. And apparently that was the running prank. And apparently the day that Jay Jonathan Martin stormed out of the um, of the room, they had done that prank, and he just apparently lost it and got up, which doesn't sound too right to me. Because if that was if that was honestly the prank that set everything off, then clearly some, it just don't some just doesn't sound right to me. And they also asked him, um, Richie Incognito, about his voicemails, the um, horrible voicemails that he left to Jonathan Martin. And he said, yeah, we joke around like that all the time. And Jonathan Martin had left me a voicemail or texted me or something the other day saying that he was going to, like, kill his mom. It's just like a whole bunch of dysfunctional stuff. So apparently that had been going on back and forth. And then there were, like, these things about him having to pay $10,000 for a trip that he didn't take. It was just a whole bunch of of stuff. So that's what's happened since we've talked about it. And with Richie Incarnita, he has a base salary of $4 million and he's losing 235000 for each game he's suspended. He's suspended for four weeks plus an additional week's paycheck. So his maximum loss is $1.1 million. Just as an update, since uh, originally Jonathan Martin left his team under his own will, and he, they placed him on a non, non-injury related illness list. Um, and then from there, Incognito was suspended after allegations about voicemails came out. Uh, from there, both players are no longer on the team. Jonathan Martin has filed grievances against Richie Incognito, as well as the Dolphins team, and multiple other players that haven't been released yet. Jonathan Mar- or Richie Incognito, on the other hand, has filed grievances with the team for not letting him play and not letting him come. Um, and then also, Richie Incognito has made public statements during an interview with Fox Sports. Um, you want to get into it, Carter? Um, the reason, the reason that we... D- 
um, kind of decided to do this discussion. I don't know if you remember, but when we were watching Scandal, not this week, but the last week, mm-hmm. we were watching Scandal with some friends, and they had a commercial um, advertising a um, an interview that Robin Roberts did with, what was the Rutgers coach's name? Oh, um, I don't remember the coach name, but there's a coach of the Rutgers, ba- Rutgers basketball team just a few years ago that was uh, eventually fired because videotapes came out that he was throwing Mike uh Rice. Mike Rice that's correct he was you know throwing basketballs at players during practice and verbally abusing them was the spin on the story so ultimately he was fired and removed of his job and uh, I don't think he has a coaching job since then well we were um the interview the commercial for it came on and we were talking about it briefly and Zach and I kind of got into it about the whole where do you I thought it was one thing he didn't think it was another thing and our friends were like hey you should talk about it on the podcast so we were supposed to do that last week, but we're here. We pushed it back a week. So we're here now. So we're going to open that um, topic up to kind of do a – we want to kind of cover the whole um, the whole topic of sports culture and how it translates into – how that has to do with, like, bullying and hazing and that whole mess of things. So um, anyone want to start this off? I can't, but if anyone wants. Well, if we're going to jump into it, first of all, with the Mike Rice story from a few years ago, we'll probably touch on this really quickly, touch and go, and then uh, we'll get into the Jonathan <laughs> no, Martin I'm looking stuff. at this. Kent's on, are you on BuzzFeed? Yeah, he's he's we'll on something. <laughs> Kent's having the time of his life over here. Anyways, Mike Rice was relieved of his duties after there were videos um, coming out about him throwing basketballs at players during practice and yelling, shouting profanity at them. And uh, Carter and I kind of got in this discussion. Carter's like, oh, well, he should have been fired. I mean, that's unbearable. Whereas I kind of took the perspective of it, and and I'm I know I'm going to take a lot of heat for this. Somebody's going to be mad at me, but I'm I'm not I'm playing I guess the opposite of devil's advocate. Like I'm trying to like trying to just like give somebody the benefit of the doubt here. Um, in this situation, I mean, okay, I think it, I personally think Mike Rice. I think Mike Rice was was out of bounds. He was over the top. But at the same time, like there there are coaches in the league right now that do just short of this, and they don't necessarily throw balls to players, but but they yell at people, they cuss at people. And that's just the culture that takes place in a lot of locker rooms across the country. I, whether or not we agree with it, disagree with it, love it or like it, that just happens to be the culture in a lot of sports locker rooms. So that's how we're, we're kind of breaking into this discussion on what's okay and what's not. The reason that we wanted to connect those two is because I, I personally feel like with this whole thing um, on Jonathan, whoops, with this whole thing on Jonathan Mar, I don't pay attention to sports like that. You guys know that we've covered that way before. But I thought this whole thing was interesting, just not only because of what happened, but because of the public, um, the public's response as How well. How much traction the story's got? Yeah, the, well, it was mainly the response that it gained and the, um, the response from the public and for some of the team members. Now, after the whole Richie Incognito thing, after the, it was mainly after the voicemails came out, a lot of his team members came out and said, oh, well, Richie's not a bad person, and he's this, and he's that, and he's not this, and he's not that. And there was a lot of, like, even when you listen to Richie's um, interview, which I suggest a lot of you do if you want to uh, stick with the story, it just seems like a whole bunch of, like, it seems like according to him, he makes it seem like he's sorry, but then there's, like, an underlying, but this is the way it is. Like, it doesn't seem like a genuine, I'm sorry, we need to change this. Like, and that's kind of what I got from Zach when we started talking about the Rutgers coach. Like, here's the video. We pulled up the video right now. And the man is like cursing people out. I think he's throwing balls at people's heads. I didn't. Did he hit them with a chair or something? Mm-hmm. A whole bunch of just dysfunctional stuff happened, and I felt like it was just 
See, oh. yeah. See, I, I understand that there's like that coaches are hard. <laughs> <laughs> you don't. We're watching the video. Who the I'm hell like, would right? let somebody throw a basketball yeah, at them? I understand what this. Grown- what? Man is gonna let a forty-year-old or somebody twenty years older than you beat you up in front of everybody. Yeah, I understand. There's like a lot of like things with coaches going on. They're like, you know, they're they're supposed to be hard on their team members, and I understand that and I agree with that. What I don't agree with and what I'm not cool with is abuse. In this case of the Mike Mike Rice case, I did I do think it was abuse. I'm sorry. I don't care if you're my basketball coach or President Obama. If you step to me, like we're grown. But both of us are grown. If you come to me throwing a basketball at my head, like I'm not gonna just take that in stride and be like, "All right, coach." Like that. Maybe that's just me. Maybe because I don't play sport. I don't. Or maybe it's because my parents raised me to stand up for myself. I One of the know. guys did put his arms out. Like, come on. Yeah, I don't. I didn't think that was um, acceptable at all. And I kind of feel like it translates into this whole thing of men this, not being able to. Yeah, or standing up. Like this whole thing of sports culture and like how much should we take or just you know because this is the culture. I don't really have to apologize for it. I feel like that really came through in Richie Incognito's apology. Do you want to say anything? I think one of the things we can really kind of focus on going into this is um, the level of toughness that, okay, this is going to be like the the transitional here. Carter's already getting a little fired up here. Um, Kind of to preliminary understand it, a lot of the reasoning, the, the justification given by a lot of coaches is that in these leagues, these players need to be tough if they want to succeed, and that's why these coaches are acting these way. That's why these players are doing these things. Um, that's the, that's the reason given by the coaching staff and the players that are that are saying this. I do see where toughness is definitely a necessity toughness. to play football and to play basketball, particularly football. You need to be tough to play in, in the NFL and the National Football League. That's that's hands down. That's gonna. But the question here is. How how do we? This make is a whole tough? a whole snowball because as men we're supposed to f- we're not supposed to feel anything except for anger and happiness. Yes. So as we devalue that, that leads to a devalue of like what women's needs are to feel their emotions, and so this is going to lead to problems with all these people and their wives and people. What some people don't on? have. We're watching like a whole bunch of videos of sports coaches acting like some people fools. don't grow up with a father, so they already have this kind this. of. In his face. Look at this disrespect. I'm sorry. I don't like that's been the whole um there's been like since this has happened, there's been like a whole bunch of like just this whole rhetoric of like man up and you should be able to take this and you know, like basically like the whole toughen up thing. I this whole man up thing is concerning to me because if the measure if if we're measuring now manhood by someone's if we're measuring that by someone's ability to take and just accept abuse then something's wrong with how we view men i don't care if that's in sports that could be in the office place that could be anywhere this is people's hearts this, this is something that you would expect to happen in like a middle school locker room or and i understand this happens all the time and this is probably this is probably more commonplace than we would ever know because a lot of this a lot of people probably do put up with this and don't report it or anything like this, this. <laughs> but um please don't put the audio on but i don't I feel like as grown people, you should be past the point. Everybody's parents, if you were raised right, you should know the difference between, like, joking with someone. And you should have – you should be able to draw the line. You know, we talked about this the other week when we talked about Richie Agnito. Pranks can easily go left. Because Very, you don't know who you're messing with and you don't know their background and yeah, if they had and, a, even had a father or not. And or, what Richie Incognito said was he said that apparently, like, he didn't know that what they were doing was messing with – um with Jonathan Martin. He said... Do unto others as you have them do unto me. You got to put yourself in other people's shoes. But the thing is, not everyone can take what you take. 
So that's that's an important thing to consider. He said that um looking like a tank. <laughs> he said that he said, "Oh, had somebody told me, you know, what I'm doing is getting to Jonathan Martin, then I would have stopped." So we have to worry about policing you if you don't have a self-conscious like you don't have self-conscious. See the whole thing <laughs> If you want to, here, I gotta gather my thoughts. I think we're we're gonna transition more a little directly here into uh, the the subject with Jonathan Martin and Richie Incognito. Um, whenever they they went and asked the players in the locker room, uh, the oh, teammates of Jonathan Martin and Richie Incognito, every single one of the teammates sided with Richie Incognito, saying, "Because yeah, who's gonna let's mess with the bull? Who wants to mess with the bull? Not but me." But I'm saying, well, he's a leader on the team. He's a leader on the team. Like he's respected the among the team. But at the same time, like. How do I? How am I? Th- they were in support of him. They say Richie's not a bad guy. They're saying, you know, he the whole situation is misunderstood. At the same time, like I'm not going to directly listen to what Jonathan Martin says specifically because I don't know how the whole team is viewing things. I'm not going to listen specifically to Richie Incognito because I don't know the situation. But like I think our best understanding of the situation is what the teammates that are independent from this sp- specific conflict have to say. And just from judging from what the entire teammates say. If they're falling in line with what Richie Incognito is saying, I think it's more of a culture issue, an entire team in- issue, as opposed to one person. Unfortunately, I think one person was the, or one or two people were the byproduct of this poor, this lack of culture, this lack of control and lack of cu- like proper culture in their environment. I think a couple people were the victims of that, but at the same time, they need to be held responsible for contributing for that environment as well. Let me say this: judging from everything that has come out of the Miami Dolphins camp, as far as like statements from the. Um, the players specifically, it sounds like the whole entire Dolphins team, the players, the coaches, the water boy, the janitor, it sounds like everybody needs to come together and have like a heart to heart. Because just like all this foolishness that has been coming out, somebody said that, because um, apparently the the um, voicemail that Richie Incognito had left to Jonathan Martin, it, it included some racial slurs. And somebody, one of the teammates, I'm not sure if he was black or not, if he was, then all right. One of the teammates said that Richie Incognito basically gets a pass, it's I guess, James to say. Happy, he is black, yeah. oh, well, good for you, James. You sound like a buffoon. He said that Richie Incognito basically gets a pass to say these kind of things. And just like the players coming out and saying, well, Johnny's, Johnny, Richie's not this and Richie's not that. Let me tell you something. I understand, like, I understand loyalty and sticking up for your friends and being there and, you know, ride or die. I get that. Cool. But, like, my mom always said to me, she said, I'll. How, how does she say it? I can't. I'm going to improvise. I'm going <laughs> to. What's the word? Yeah. Paraphrase. I'm gonna, paraphrase. Thank you. I'm gonna, she said, I'll, you know, I'll ride for you as long as you're in the right. Like, I can't. And that's what the thing. That's the thing that I don't get. I understand. Like, I love my friends and all that. But if you go out and you get caught up in the media doing some stupid stuff and they come and CNN, Fox, NBC, CBS comes to me asking for a statement and you're in the wrong, I'm either going to A, say no comment or B, Say that you're wrong. I don't believe in this coddling thing and being like, well, this is my boy, so I got to come out and ride for him. I don't believe in that because I think a, good, a real friend will, will let you know when you're wrong and get you together and, you know, say, hey, you, need, you know, you need to pull it up. I don't understand what this whole, like, caping for Richie Incognito. And I'm, the blame is not only on Richie Incognito because according to him, um, Jonathan Martin left some nasty text messages or emails or whatever, however, whatever to him saying that he was going to kill his mother. Like, it was just a whole bunch of foolishness going on. I think this is a bigger problem, like we've said, this, that sports culture, and that kind of does translate with the Rutgers-Mark um, Rice situation. I don't agree with this whole thing of man up, because like I said, that's how we're measuring manhood now that something's wrong. I think that even 
even if you're in the sport, like, I understand being tough on people and things that are accepted in sports culture and within that, within the team setting. Of course, they're not going to be accepted out of outside of it. Like, like the um, I think it was Terrell uh, Ochocinco. Like he had yeah. slapped his um lawyer on the behind in court and got in trouble with the judge. That see, that's something that you only do in the locker room. And I understand this distinction between those two. But at the end of the day, at the bottom, the bottom, bottom line, it boils down to being a good. Huh? Oh, okay. it boils down to being like a good human being and having respect for each other, respect for each other and respect for yourself. That's how I feel about it. No, I think you're absolutely right. Where at the end of the day, you have to stand up for what's right and you have to, to take steps to do what the right thing is, regardless of what your teammates or what your, the other people in that locker room are doing. I think ultimately in this situation, um, every single person in that locker room had an obligation to do the right thing, to the stand up. It sounds like they're caping. It's, it seems here like there was a lack of leadership to begin yeah, with. Yeah, because in the um, interview, he said, he asked him about, because there was this rumor about the coach hiring Incognito to toughen Jonathan Martin up. And he asked Rich Incognito, he said, did your coach ask you to do this? And he said, I'm not here to talk about that. I'm here to talk about so. So it seems like there's a lot of caping going on for the coach. So some, it's just like a whole like system of just triflingness and just like a whole bunch of foolishness going on that within that team. I think ultimately the, the clash here was that Jonathan Martin and Richie Incognito were two different styles of players and they had different personalities. And ultimately in a locker room that lacked leadership, lacked the coaching to properly lay out, lay out and define the culture there. Um, being in business school, they teach you this all the time. Like the tone at the top of the organization is key and you know, the leadership has to set the culture. Otherwise, you know, the culture can become whatever it wants. But if you set a culture and you follow through with that and make sure that the, that culture is established, that's the goal in business. And I think that's true here in the locker room as well is that these coaches need to set aside what the culture is going to be and what the players are going to do and what, what that team is going to be all about. And if that's not being done, and it looks like that wasn't done here by the coaches, then as we see here, just like everything all just breaks loose. And I think that's what happened here is that, you know, players were, were saying things they shouldn't say. They were, you know, being rude to one another in a way that toughens people up. And I understand, like, you know, I joke around people, you know, toughen people up. Like, there's there's small joking around. There's the same lines time, you don't cross, basically. When you're saying things like, I'm going to kill your mother and, you know, crossing racial grounds, and I think, you know, both those things, that's on the, on the fault of the person saying them and the person receiving that. You know, at some point, like, you can't, somebody's going to say, okay, hey, we can't, like, joke about killing people's family. The same way with, with racial, racial conversations and, and using, like, racist terms, like, okay, you got to call somebody out for saying that. That's not something you should say. But also you got to call out the, the other people for letting that word even be used in the locker room to begin with. There's, there's no place for, like, racial division within a locker room. That's not going to help a team grow or help a team bond so i just don't see essentially the entire system failed here i think they just need to literally just as carter was saying come down have a heart to heart scrap everything um look the coaches are going to be gone after this year let's they be real be be coach it's philbin a whole bunch of stuff that's being, regardless of what you do on, a, care, on the field yeah, you're gone no. because you, you failed to leave there's this no situation. way that you can tell me with a straight face that these coaches didn't know what was going on i refuse to believe that i refuse to believe that anyone of all the people that said that, I don't know what's going on. I I refuse to believe that any of that any of that is true. I think, and even if the situation comes out that the coach didn't know what was going on, it's his responsibility to know what's going on. So at the end of the day, the lack of leadership I think here is the problem, and that's what why the culture wasn't strong or wasn't as it should have been. Um, do you guys think at the end of the day that Richie Incognito and Jonathan Martin should come back to play football or? They'll be back. Both of them will be back. 
how do you think their relationship will be after this? Because apparently they're not going to be Rich, on the same team. Well, no. According to Rich Incognito, he said he said I texted. He said I texted Jonathan Martin, and they had remember that conversation they were saying they had. Jonathan Martin's going somewhere else. I don't think. I'm glad. See, the thing about this whole situation, as stressful as it was to read people's um comments and disturbing thoughts. Find a thoughts, culture where you fit in at better. Yeah, well, dis- as disturbing as it was to hear people talk about this, I'm glad that it opened up a conversation that needed to be had about um, sports culture and what we should accept and what is is considered to be manning up and what, you know, what is permissible as far as hazing and all that stuff. You know, we... Yeah, I, hazing is that's a whole other can of worms because that can go beyond sports culture. But at the end of the day, I like I said, you all I hope were raised right. So just respect other people, treat other people as they want to be treated. Not, and if you ne- mess not up, necessarily. And if you mess up, you have to pay the consequences. Not necessarily how you want to be treated because you may not have high self esteem, so you may want to be treated like dirt. Treat people how they want to be treated, and just be a decent human being, basically. I think at the end they of the day, right. <laughs> I, I I agree with that, Carter. And I think I think at the end of the day, um, Rusey Incognito and Jonathan Martin, Martin will both be back playing football with the Dolphins sometime. Maybe not maybe not this season, maybe not by this season, but possibly next year. This will make for a great Oprah's next chapter segment. It'll be interesting. All I think team. I think I think the front office is going to clear house. The general manager is going to be gone. The coach is going to be gone. Who are the shareholders? Well, it's not necessarily shareholders. I believe it's, I believe the Dolphins are family. A lot of NFL franchises are family owned. Yeah, Some are company owned. Um, well, the owner is probably gonna you know just clear house with all the leadership because I think this was this was an effect of a lack of leadership. So I think that the guys were back together. I don't think that these two guys hate each other. I think that there's there's just the the environment just wasn't right for this. So I think I think these these guys are gonna both. Gonna get together and realize, hey, I understand that you made mistakes because the environment was conducive to it. And I think the you know original community is gonna be like, hey, Jonathan, I see where you got upset because you know, hey, this environment. But I think they're at the end of the day, professionals, they're gonna get it together. Um, Another quick thing, like on the topic of hazing, the Minnesota Timberwolves are a basketball franchise. Um, A lot of NBA teams do this little prank where like the rookies have to wear, like you know, the team gets backpacks, but the rookies have to wear like. I think Dora the Explorer backpacks and just like funny things like that that aren't serious signs of hazing. They're not nearly as bad as anything that happened in the, do- the Dolphins locker room. But uh, the owner stepped in and said, hey, no more hazing of any kind. The rookies aren't going to be wearing these backpacks. Everyone's going to be on equal playing field. And I think just little steps like that are definitely a good way for teams to come out and like set a culture and say, hey, I know it's harmless. I know it's not a big deal. But I think this, you know, the Timberwolves here took the correct step in the process, said, hey, we're not going to let anything we're not going to let it, we're not going to let it go beyond the small things carter good for the timberwolves and taking that step to addressing this problem within and start small They're sports cl- yeah it starts somewhere and boundaries need to be drawn apparently unfortunately it took all this happening to realize that um so we'll be following that i hope jonathan martin makes like some statements soon they get it together and everyone gets it together and has a nice little fix my life moment um, so that, I guess that wraps it up. That wraps up episode eight. We'll see y'all next week of the show. Um, once again, go follow us on SoundCloud and iTunes, Roundtable Radio. That's one word. Um, like this, post, share it, tweet it, post it, tell your friends about it. What? Just say one thing. Normally we do like trending topics on Twitter. It's Sunday, so everything is football. But Selfie Sunday is also trending. We got to stop the hashtag Selfie Sunday. Like, 
I'm going to start a petition. Let's get rid of Selfie Sunday. That's all I got to say. Um, I'm glad you guys listen. Um, I'm sure Ken Carter as well will speak here in a minute. Thanks for, for listening. You can catch up with uh, me on you know on Twitter at Zachary Sandals. If you have something you want to hear us talk about or ask us about, um, you can find Carter at Life of the Carter on Twitter, Ken at the Kent Journey. And if you want anything that you want to hear us talk about, you want to hear our opinions, hit us up. Let us know. Um, you know, follow us on iTunes and uh, on SoundCloud. Listen, subscribe. Uh, if you want to hear what we have to say, or if you want to get involved and, and give your own comments and feedback, because we love to hear from you guys. Um, also, real quick, I just want to give some shameless self-promotion. Um, I finally started blogging again, so go on my blog. It's called cartercube.com, cartercube.com. So go and find that and subscribe and all that, all that good stuff. But see um, y'all back next week. Okay. Thank you guys for listening again, and we will see you next week with Thanks, episode guys. nine.